The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I'm sure some of you wish you were doing better on a Monday afternoon, but uh, take football results out of it for just a second. Hope you're doing well on a Monday afternoon. Another nice day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend as well. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Um, Lots to talk about on a Monday afternoon. Um, some good, mostly bad, unfortunately, um, when it comes to Auburn on Saturday uh, when they went to Texas A&M and they just did not perform well uh, offensively. Defensively, they played extremely well. Um, offensively, it was it was a bad performance, and I'm going to talk about that today Hugh Freeze talked about that earlier today, and I know that you want to talk about it today. And so here's what the show looks like here on a Monday edition of On the Line. September 25th, 2023. Crazy uh, that October is next week. I mean, October is literally next week. I think October 1st is on Sunday. So um, we're right around the corner from getting into the true definition of the fall uh, but here's what's on the, the the show for today. Wild weekend in college football. Want to talk about that. We're going to talk about Auburn. We're going to talk about that game versus Texas A&M. Um, there are, I have so many different things I got to say, and it's going to take me a couple of days to do it, as it always does. Um, it's going to take a couple of days to truly get all my thoughts out about this game and moving forward, what Auburn has to do to avoid uh, disaster in 2023 so we're going to talk about that today plus jacob hillman from the auburn sports network will join us in hour number two i'm really interested to get uh, his thoughts on what happened on saturday there at kyle field in college station texas he'll give us his thoughts some updates from around auburn athletics as well so that's coming up in hour number two but folks it's monday I know you got thoughts. I know you've got opinions. I know you've got some takes. I want to hear from you. The phone lines are wide open. Give me a call. 334-321-1390. That is the number to put you through to me. What's on your mind? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? We're a couple of days removed from Auburn versus Texas A&M. We're a couple of days removed from the really bad offensive performance for Auburn on Saturday. How are you feeling as of right now as we get into what is officially Georgia Week? 334-321-1390. I want to hear from you. Phone lines are open uh, for a while um, because I know there are some really high emotions right now. Um, I know there are 
a lot of disappointed fans for what you saw on Saturday. And then uh, overall, what do you think of the weekend? I mean, take away the Auburn game, because I know that's what we were all focused on mainly. Take that game away. It was a great weekend for college football. I mean, it really, really was. There were some crazy games, some crazy results. Uh, viewership numbers were astronomical for so many different games. Um, you had six top 25 matchups. I think they all delivered. Um, I think there were some really good games. There were some results that I think were expected and then some results that were very unexpected. Um, how about the NFL yesterday too? Had some crazy games and results going on in the NFL yesterday. You had a professional football team put up 70 points on another professional football team. It's not supposed to happen, folks. It hasn't happened in literally my lifetime it's been a long time since the team has put 70 points on another in the nfl um you had some of the best teams in the nfl lose yesterday um just crazy results all across the weekend in football so again give me a call i want to hear from you your thoughts about college nfl whatever you watched over the weekend including auburn and texas a&m 334-321-1390 when you look up and down the college football landscape um from from saturday i mean it, it was a it was a weekend where i think I think it lived up to the hype. I really, really do. I think it lived up to the hype. I think a lot of games were entertaining. I think a lot of games were fun. Um, There were some results that I just wasn't really expecting, and that's what makes college football so exciting. And so, again, here in the really in this first hour, I want to hear from you. I want to get your thoughts on Auburn and Texas A&M specifically or anything else going on in college football. 334-321-1390. We'll start by getting to the phone lines. Inspector, you're on the line, man. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good, but you know, I'm going to tell it like it is and hold nothing back. And I, I respect you for it, Inspector. Let it rip. Okay, for the last three months, I've been hearing it from you and Carter Bird about uh, Peyton, and uh, I said, well, we're just going to have to wait to the A&M game. And we've wasted four games in not developing Robbie Ashford as a quarterback. I, I suspected Peyton from the time he left Michigan State. I said, he's going to have to prove it to me. And he hasn't proved anything. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, the expectations were high. There's no doubt about it. The expectations were high for Peyton Thorne by most, myself included. And he came in, and through the first three games, he got better. I think he got more comfortable. He made less mistakes, which is not a great way to put it, but I think that's the truth. And then on Saturday, it was a bad performance. It was. It was a bad performance in a game that Auburn, I think, going into it, had a chance to win. They needed a good performance from him. He didn't turn the ball over. Give him credit there. Auburn didn't have any turnovers, but the sacks can't happen. Um, The missed throws can't happen. The offensive line didn't give him a whole lot of time, but he still holds on to the football way too long. And Spectre, to be honest with you, I think he was rattled on Saturday, and Auburn moved the football the best when Robbie Ashford was in the football game? Well, you know, we expected Peyton to come in here with not with not an expectations of a work in progress. We expected him to bring a skill set that he already had. Yeah. 
And he showed nothing more than what a freshman would show that was unskilled. I think that's. I think it's a fair statement to say that, yeah, and I don't think it was unwarranted for Auburn fans to expect him to step in and just be the guy. They didn't have. They didn't expect to have to wait on him to develop or get better or get comfortable because of what we saw at Michigan State. I think you're 100 percent right. Exactly right. Uh, don't get me wrong. I wanted him to, to succeed in all areas, but when when this thing was happening in practice and stuff like that. It was a tall tale sign. Even coach, even coach had, had he knew it, but he didn't want to come right out and say it. He just wanted to put something on the side, like you know, we're gonna give Robbie some, we're gonna give Robbie a skills, we're gonna give him some playing time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, just beating around the bush about it. But there's no more beating around the bush about it now. He's got to take the reins. He's got to take put Robbie in a position to start developing this kid. He's got the skill set to do it but he just needs the reps he just needs them yeah and I, and I think that's a hundred percent fair and, and look here's the thing though I, I believe that Hugh Freeze when he stepped in and brought in Peyton Thorne that there was a legitimate quarterback battle I didn't think that at first I didn't I'll be honest but I do think as it went on I do think there was a true battle between Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford and I do think that Hugh Freeze starting Peyton Thorne was what he believed was best he believed that he was the better quarterback and gave Auburn the best chance to win football games but I am in agreement with you where Robbie has to get developed and Robbie has to get reps and look when Robbie got into the game on Saturday he didn't make all the perfect throws, but when Auburn was running the ball and using him as a running threat, which I was screaming at the television all afternoon long, Auburn moved the football. And so I think there's a big argument to, to where you could say that Robbie Ashford gave Auburn the best chance to win on Saturday versus Peyton Thorne, who couldn't get the ball out, who couldn't complete check downs, and really just, again, looked rattled to me. You know what I see? I see Freeze he's got a, a situation where he should be calling the plays and he thinks he knows it too. And, uh, I think that's the problem right there. I mean, if he, if freeze was calling the plays, I think, like you said, Robbie would be running that ball instead of just trying to attempt to throw it and hand it off. Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe that freeze is going to make a change, not just in the quarterback, but he's going to, I believe he's going to sit down and he's going to start taking the reins of it. You know, it kind of reminds me back in the days of Malzahn. When Malzahn had that mental problem about calling plays and, and letting the offensive coordinator do it, and then the next year he would call the plays. Right. And the next year he would hand it back off to an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you – we don't want that again. Right, yeah, and you could hear it today. I don't know if you caught Hugh Freeze's presser, and if you didn't, we'll play it on, on the show tomorrow. Um, he talked about that because somebody asked him about, you know, taking back over the play calls, and, and, and Freeze talked about it, and he has admitted every single time it comes up, he has admitted that it is tough for him to not be involved in the play calling, 100%, right? We know that he has stepped in at times and, and called plays, but not being involved 100% or being the play caller. He said it's extremely tough for him. Um, But he also said that he liked the game plan going into the game on Saturday. They sit down and they walk him through it. Um, And I'm sure he makes some tweaks and changes. And so he approved of the game plan going in. But yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with you too. I think if he's calling plays, maybe that he makes those adjustments and calls Robbie's number a little bit more on Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's okay. We'll talk some more about it later. And um, I got got to get right now.
Yep. All right, Spectre. Appreciate the call, man. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Would love for uh, anybody else to call in. Look, it's Monday. I know that uh, we, we've all got thoughts. We've all got reactions. Um, we all have opinions on what we saw on Saturday, Auburn versus Texas A&M, what we think should happen moving forward. I'm really interested to get your thoughts. 334-321-1390. I'll give you my full thoughts sort of as we go along. Um, but to a couple of Spectre's points, I think the play calling thing is interesting. Um, I do think, I think he made a spot on perfect point about Peyton Thorne when Auburn brought him in through the transfer portal. It's important to realize and to note, he came in in the spring, late in the spring, after spring. He did not participate in that spring practice. He was working out with the team, but there's no actual practices in the summer. And then he had the fall to get ready to go for the season. And it was a slower start for Peyton Thorne. It was a slower start for the offense. And then over the past three weeks, as I said to Spectre just now, Peyton Thorne has gotten better over over those first three weeks. He cut down on his mistakes. He cut down on his bad decisions. And his performance against Samford, which again, it is Samford, it was near historic for an Auburn quarterback. You then flip the page to your SEC opener, and it was not a good game for him. I mean, it was bad. It was a bad game for your starting quarterback. Inspector hit it right on. He said, Auburn fans expected him to come in and just be it. Like their Auburn fans did not expect him to come in and have to work on him and develop him. They wanted him to be a plug and play type of guy. And I think that was realistic. I think that was a warranted expectation because of what we saw from him at Michigan State and what we expected a Hugh Freeze style of offense to be. Tiger fans wanted Peyton Thorne just to be good. And be good now. And that's why you go get somebody like that. And I agree. You don't go get a fourth-year Power 5 starting quarterback and expect to have to develop him for two years before he becomes good for your program. No. You go get a guy like Peyton Thorne because you want him to come in and make the team better right now. And that is not an unwarranted expectation. Now, Hugh Freeze did talk about expectations today in his press conference. And again, we're going to play that for you tomorrow on the show. He talked about expectations today. About how the word he used was ridiculous when it came to Auburn fans' expectations on wanting to win and win right now. And I fully credit him for coming out and saying that. There's a difference in these two conversations, though, before we get to break. There's a difference in what you expected from a transfer portal power five quarterback who's coming to this program to be your starter versus expecting winning right now for a football program that Hugh Freeze took over. Two separate conversations and two conversations that we will have over the next couple of days. But I think Spectre, to get the show started, that was a great call. Because Peyton Thorne had a bad game. The offense had a bad game. A terrible game. We know it. You know it. Hugh Freeze knows it. And there's a lot more to break down here. 334-321-1390. What's on your mind? I want to hear from you 
on a Monday afternoon. We'll be right back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the studio, the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I want to remind you that the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. It's home of the original Warburger. The Plaza Bar offers an easy and exciting menu uh, to go along with fantastic drink specials. Enjoy the kid and dog friendly Plaza patio while keeping up with all of the other football action leading up to kickoff in Jordan-Hare Stadium which will be 2.30 this Saturday for Auburn and Georgia. It's located at 800 Main Street in Midtown off of Opelika Road. The plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 every single weekday. And don't forget about that Sunday brunch before you leave town, Tiger fans. The Plaza Bar and Lounge, your pregame stop in Auburn. So be sure you go check them out. They are our wonderful studio sponsor between 2 and 4 p.m. every single day. And so be sure that you go and check that out. Also, some more business to take care of. Uh, This week, uh, in our weekly High School Player of the Week, brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic. This week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week is Lee Scott Academy's Jake White, the senior wideout. Uh, He accumulated uh, over 200 all-purpose yards and recorded five total touchdowns on Friday night to help Lee Scott get a convincing win over Macon East 56-7. Jake White, your Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week, the Orthopedic Clinic East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you on the web at theorthoclinic.com. So congratulations to Jake White. He did, man. Five total touchdowns. Uh, He is all over the place. He is fast. He is athletic. Uh, Just a, a superstar for the Lee Scott Warriors as they got a win on Friday night. Auburn High School got a win on Friday as well. So the weekend started off nice uh, in our high school coverage, but of course Auburn University falling short to Texas A&M there on the road. And again, would love to get some more uh, of your thoughts and opinions on Auburn versus Texas A&M. What'd you like? What'd you not like? Uh, What needs to happen moving forward? So much to talk about with that football game 334-321-1390 before I give you all of my thoughts on that okay that's coming up in a few minutes I want to look across college football in general before we really take a deep dive into Auburn versus Texas A&M and you can still call in about that and I'd love to talk to you about it but our question of the day on Monday here biggest results from over the weekend right we were doing the best and worst but now I want to do just biggest results from over the weekend because it was a great weekend of college football I mean it really really was we hyped it up all last week um, and rightfully so and I think it delivered I think it absolutely delivered on Saturday I mean just so many good games and so many interesting games as well I mean you had you had Georgia hosting UAB and Georgia not looking all that great against UAB and credit to the Blazers for hanging around in that football game. How about Florida State and Clemson? The first game it was competing with Auburn and and Texas A&M, but um, that game was fantastic. Number four, Florida State going on the road to Clemson, a team that already lost an ACC game, and if they lost another one, basically the season's over. And Florida State goes and wins in overtime. 
I think they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown in that game. Um, you had Clemson make a couple mistakes in that game, and Florida State escapes with a win over Clemson, thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, you had Penn State taking care of Iowa. Just looking at some of those top twenty-five games, Washington, folks. If you're not watching the Washington Huskies and Michael Penix Jr., you better start watching because they are a wonderful football team and really, really good. Um, You had Oregon humbling Colorado like I said they would. Um, Some people were surprised that that happened. Don't know who those people are. But Oregon took care of business against Colorado. This game was over before it even started. Um, Utah-UCLA got in the defensive battle. For whatever reason, Uncle T-Bone called that on Friday. I said that was going to be a shootout. It was not. Uh, but Utah, with a backup quarterback once again, takes down number 22 UCLA. How about Arkansas competing with LSU? Had a chance to win that game, and what a fantastic game it was. LSU escapes with the win. So many other games to talk about, and we will as the show goes on. But want to get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And I believe we have Jared on the line. How are you? Hey, good, Jake. Aloha from Hawaii. Oh, okay. Excellent, man. What's on your mind? Um, Well, I had two points. One, your question of the day, I would say some of the things that stuck out, A, the Bo Nix and him setting that record to be the only quarterback in history to have 55 total touchdowns for two different schools. I thought that's kind of interesting and neat that he made that record yeah how about that 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 is a really really that is a unique record and um that is a heck of an accomplishment i don't care if auburn fans like it or not that is a wonderful accomplishment um and it really just shows what type of player bo Nix truly is and look there was no better place for him to go than oregon because he is being displayed right now oh i totally agree uh the other game that kind of stuck out to me uh, was the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. That was just an mm-hmm. amazing game between uh, two really good teams this year, and I, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, that game was a lot of fun on Saturday night. It, it really, really was a heartbreaker uh, for Notre Dame. I think, look, I think Notre Dame was the better team in that. I really do. I think Sam Hartman was a, is still a really good quarterback, but – I didn't expect it to be that big of a defensive battle. I'll be completely honest with you. And credit to Ohio State. They made the plays down the stretch. I think Kyle McCord grew up in that football game. And the Buckeyes escape, and I mean ran away with a win from South Bend on Saturday night. Uh, I totally agree. Now, to get back to the Auburn game, mm-hmm. now, peace of mind, I've got up at 6 a.m. to watch this game. So <laughs> it was very early in the morning. Uh, but... Uh, for me, it makes me wonder uh, with Peyton Thorne, did he get beat up last year at Michigan State? Because he seems gun-shy whenever the pocket starts to break down. And I wonder if there's more there because he has all the tools, but it's like mentally it's like he almost shuts down when he starts getting pressure. So I wonder if he got beat up last year and there's a mental thing that he has to get past. Because the two times, the two games where he had a good pocket, it seemed like he performed very well. But the two games where – he was under pressure. It seems like that's when he almost shuts down in a, in a way. That's a really interesting point, Jared, um, because if you look at his numbers 
from 2021. That's the year that he just lit it up at Michigan State. They were a playoff contender that year versus 2022. Um, his offensive line wasn't as good. His running backs weren't as good. And that team just wasn't as good. And neither was he. Um, and and that's a great point. Maybe he did get a little beat up in that in the Big Ten. And, and maybe that makes him a little nervous and gun shy. I don't know. But I mean, that's not what you if that is the case, that's definitely not what you want to hear or see from your starting quarterback. Oh, I totally agree. And I think this week the right choice is to still start him against Georgia, and then you got the bye week to reevaluate, and you have two weeks worth of practice to make sure is he still the guy or is it Robbie? But I don't think it's for Georgia. I don't think you pull that trigger because it's like in uh, one week's worth of practice. I don't think that's enough time to get Robbie ready if that is the choice. So I think that if you're going to make that change, it's in the off week is, is you make that reevaluation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a big discussion this week. And, and, and look, Hugh Freeze said it today. They believe it's going to be Peyton Thorne, but that is a developing uh, story. It's a developing question. Um, but it is a tough decision to make going into the number one team in the country. And it would be a little bit easier to make that call uh, in the bye week. But Jared, appreciate the call, man, from Hawaii. Stay safe out there, okay? Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. And aloha. Aloha to you as well. Don't get calls from Hawaii very often. How about that? That's probably a, uh, that's got to be a distance record for us on this station, maybe even on the show. We appreciate you calling in, Jared. Ed, hold on. We're going to get to you when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back, and that's what we're doing on a Monday afternoon. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Let's get back to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And, Ed, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break, man. Ed, are you there? Ed, you're super quiet. If you can talk. Well, um, let's go ahead and we'll turn him off. We'll put Terry. Go ahead and go to Terry. And Terry, are you on the line? Well, I don't know. It seems like we may be having maybe having some phone issues. So we will. Um, Ed, are you there? I don't know. Uh, not having so. I guess. I guess. Go ahead. And we'll just. We'll have to drop them and have them call back. Uh, is what we'll. What we'll have to do. Apologies. Maybe on our end, gentlemen. So Ed and Terry both. Uh, if one of you could call back in, and then maybe the other one call back in as well. Haven't. It seems like we may be having some phone issues. Uh, I was told we maybe we were having phone issues on Friday. Somebody was. Uh, the drive was having phone issues on Friday. So maybe that's on us as well. Um, Ed and Terry, please call back. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get Michaela, our show producer, to uh, hopefully get that worked out. Again, apologies. Uh, apologies for that. Hoping to get to get to the phone lines, Ed and then Terry, because I know both of those gentlemen 
have thoughts um, on what's going on uh, with Auburn and Texas A&M. And we've had great calls already talking about uh, Auburn football with, uh, with our callers. So let's get back to Ed and let's see if we got you. Ed, you're back on the line. Do we have you now? Uh, I don't know. There we go. I got you now. Apologies, Ed. I'm so sorry, man. I can hear you now. What's up? Uh, no problem. Hey, I was going to uh, a couple of things I was going to talk to you about. Yeah. Auburn's season. You know, before before the season started, there was an article, and I I called and talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. it but uh, there were the four most important games of Auburn's season. And, yeah. You know, they had a and in my four, you know, I called. I said it's Cal, the two Mississippi's, and Arkansas, and that's what's gonna, I think you know determine where they get. Now we've won three. I think we feel pretty good about getting to four and five with Vandy and uh, New Mexico, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. With Van, I would say Vandy, New Mexico State, and, and Ed. Even even after Saturday, I still feel good about Mississippi State. I, I, I do too, and I think Arkansas. And so Mississippi State or Arkansas would get us to sit. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't think that's too bad for this year. Well, it's obvious we don't have you know the players at certain positions. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, I was going to ask you. I, to me, this just makes so much sense. Yeah, I, I, for Keith Freeze to say, "Hey, Philip Montgomery has so much work to do with." developing our quarterbacks and getting, you know, there that I'm going to take over, mm-hmm. you know, play college. Right, 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 right. Something, something's got to change. I mean, get real. I, I mean, not not telling you to get real, but I'm telling, you know, Hugh, I, I mean, you've got to do something that you aren't doing. And, I, and I'm, I'm not fussing about you. I love him, you know, so right. far. But, but, but the play calling, I, I mean, and and the penalties, you know, but it's just it's everything really on offense right now. Yeah, there's and, just there's just so much going on. There's so many things that you know, especially on on Saturday that um, were just wrong. I mean, uh, luckily you didn't have any turnovers, which is something that you know you can yeah. if you are looking for a silver lining, that is one. Um, but penalties yeah. were bad. Um, performance was bad with the quarterbacks and with the offensive line. Um, the running game was good. I think it could have even been better, to be completely honest with you, uh, Ed. But no, I think overall there are a lot of things that have to be fixed. There are a lot of things that have to be changed. And and look, I think Hugh Freeze knows that, and I really do think he's struggling with not calling plays, and I think that's something he's really going to consider moving forward. Yeah, and one other thing I was going to mention is uh, I don't know why he doesn't get a little more love, but Sean Jackson, I think he's out of Hoover, but he's, he's short. He's kind of like a Rudy Johnson-type player, you know, but he's thick. He's a he's good running back, you know. I don't know why we have – and Jeremiah Cobb, I can't understand why we haven't used him a little more. But anyway, uh, I'm going to hang up and listen, and thanks so much for – yeah, no, appreciate the call, Ed. Appreciate the call. Again, we apologize for uh, for some of our phone issues. Hopefully we're getting uh, some of those worked out. And, Ed, it's always great to hear from you, man. I appreciate you calling in. Let's get back to the phone lines, and hopefully we got Terry on line one. Terry, you're on the line, man. What's up? 
Jacob? Yep, I got you now, Terry. There you are. Okay. Hey, how you doing, guy? Doing great, man. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. I think Sean Jackson's from Trustville, actually. I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm not 100%, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I'm not as much on the play calling as some people because there were several times Saturday that Peyton thought had a clean pocket and receiver running wide open and he just flat out missed him. There are there were multiple occasions of that. I mean, the few times that he did have a clean pocket, Terry. Yeah, I mean, there were multiple times there was a there was a drag route down the sideline that was a touchdown if he just hits him on the numbers and he floated it right over his head. And I think that goes – now, I do think you're right. I do think Hugh Freeze is struggling when not doing the play calling because something he's always done. And, you know, remember under Malzahn how it was one week he was calling plays, one week he wasn't? Yeah, Ed talked about that earlier, again. yeah. Or not Ed. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, we had a caller earlier. Br- Spectre, he brought that up earlier. How Mal- He brought up the Malzahn example, too. I mean, I, Hugh Freeze has always called plays. So I hope I hope that'll I hope that's you know something he'll take over again. I don't know. Yeah, it, look, um, I, I understand like his philosophy coming in. It seemed like he was, and look, we talked about this during the coaching search. Was Auburn was looking for a CEO type of coach, a manager type of coach, like a Kirby Smart is doing, rather than another Gus Malzahn who comes in and just calls plays and does everything with the offense. Right? Auburn was looking for somebody more on the Kirby Smart side of things. And I think that's what Hugh Freeze came in to do originally. And you know what? Maybe down the road he can get to that point. But maybe here early on where there is a noticeable talent differential, there is a noticeable problem on the offensive line and seems to be a noticeable problem in the quarterback room, maybe it's something that Hugh Freeze has to take over to at least get Auburn through this year before you can start making up with the talent. I don't think Hugh Freeze is near as stubborn as Gus Malzahn was. No, I don't think so either. And and that he was just going to do things his way, and you were going to adjust to him. I don't think he freezes like that at all. I really don't. So, Peyton Thorne, if he's the quarterback this week, he'll have the shortest leash in history. Yeah, no, I think he uh, is. But, I think he's playing for his job. Yeah, he, he probably will be the quarterback, but I I think there's more to the Holden Gurner stuff, quite honestly, Jacob. Um, and and Walker White, can you get here any quicker? I'm telling you, hey, he'll be here this weekend. Maybe they'll find a way to get him a helmet. <laughs> that would be nice because. I don't know. Payton, all he heard was how accurate he was, how he made good decisions, and I've seen none of that. Yeah, you know, it, he put up he put up great numbers against against Sanford. Well, whoop de do. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, I mean, on the road, you're 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 look you've looked terrible, and that's that's first. Now, Jacob, I've I've gone on record since January. Told you, I think Auburn's going to beat Georgia. Yeah, how are you feeling about and that I right still, now, Terry? I, no, I still think they're going to beat them. Really? Why? I, well, I just don't think Georgia's that good. I, I think that I think they're 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 yeah, I know they're the two time national champions, but this team is way more beatable than those two teams were. I would agree with that. And um I, I just think they're right for the picking and they're walking into a Lions Den Saturday Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think it's really going to be interesting. And look, I'm not questioning Auburn fans and their commitment and their true fandom. And look, hatred for Georgia, I know that's circling around right now. But um, I think the atmosphere is going to be good, but how good? This is a big testament to the Auburn fan base and how much they're truly bought in, right? We've heard all of that in the offseason of everybody's bought in and aligned and everybody's behind Hugh Freeze. We're going to find out on Saturday, how aligned and how backing up of this Auburn fan base is of Hugh Freeze with the atmosphere on Saturday, which will play a huge part in the result of that football game. You know that. Yeah, I'll touch base on more of that later week, but as far as the Notre Dame-Ohio State game Saturday night, I got a feeling those two teams are going to see each other again. 
Yeah, they very well could. If Ohio really State do. continues to improve and Notre Dame can bounce back, there's a great chance of it. Right. Because this year doesn't appear like there's that great team. USC's pretty good, but they don't play anybody and they don't play defense out there. You're right about that. You know, and you never know what Oregon's going to do. And look, there's all kind of series. And, you know, Miami's got a whale of a ball team. Yeah, better than so people thought you know, they were. There, there's a lot to be out, a lot to be, lot to be out there. But I just got to feel those two teams are going to see each other again. There's I a, really do believe that. There's a great chance of it, Terry. And what a great game that appreciate was on Saturday. Yep, appreciate the call, Terry. Good to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We appreciate everybody calling in. Phone lines are still open. We are uh, working through some of the uh, phone issues, but uh, phone lines are still open. I want to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I know you got thoughts. I know you got opinions um, on Auburn, Texas A and on uh, college football in general because again it was just a wonderful weekend um to ed and to terry's points um uh to ed and terry's points want to uh, address a couple of those um with ed you know talking about just uh, just decision making i think when it comes to um for the quarterbacks and i think terry was talking about that as well and Look, it's going to be a it's going to be a long conversation. It's going to be a long week of practice, I think. And and here's the crazy thing before we get to Andy on the phone lines. Hugh Freeze said today in his press conference because somebody asked him, it was a really really good question. He said that last week leading up to the Texas A&M game, Peyton Thorne had a wonderful week of practice, a perfect week of practice. He may have used the word perfect. He said he had a phenomenal week. Looks great in practice making the throws, making the decisions, doing the right things. But then we've seen, like Terry just mentioned, your two road games against Power 5 competition, Peyton Thorne has not looked good. The offensive line has not looked good. And the offense has just not looked good. So what's the problem? What's the difference? I don't know. And somebody brought up earlier, maybe he's gotten hit too much at Michigan State for him to really be confident in himself in the SEC I have no idea and that's going to have to be figured out 334-321-1390 back to the phone lines and Andy you're on the line man what's up oh man when I called Friday and told you I was nervous for the game it played out exactly like I didn't want it to yeah Uh, it was warranted on Friday Andy there's no doubt that just they haven't shown me anything that I was real positive about you know defense did great um, you know, being a, a, a Juco football player and a rugby player, it, it's really hard to watch a quarterback when the line starts collapsing. They're just curling a ball before he even gets tackled. Um, you know, you got all those pads on. <laughs> yeah what what do you what do you attest that to? I'm curious, Andy. What do you I mean? What do you chalk that up as? I mean, that, that's a generational thing. But who's the guy that went off to uh, New England to play quarterback that we had? Oh, um, uh, Jared Stidham. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't stand him either. I mean, as soon as he hiked the ball, he just his plan was to run for his life. Um, and I don't know. When I played JUCO, I had some JUCO quarterback, but he was he was a stud. You know, he would stand there and throw the ball and get hit. You know, in rugby, you're supposed to get hit right before you throw it to take that defensive player out of the game. It's just it's part of it. It's part of, getting hit's part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there are a lot more injuries these days than there has been, but. I don't know, you just can't play scared, and, and it looked like he played scared. And, you know, I hate bringing up the Gus thing, but when I would call in and say, don't do it, don't do it, um, 
you know, we didn't have the perfect years, but it wasn't, it was never really an embarrassment, mm-hmm. you know, and we had some great games too. And I know, I know Freeze will, you know, get us out of the stages, but I just can't stand going to a bar to a tailgate and being embarrassed. And like everyone just goes home afterwards. It's like, oh, great. You know, I just had a couple beers and now everyone's sad and going home. And it's just, I don't know. I don't remember those years in the past. Um, yeah, but but Andy, I don't think it's from I don't think it's a lack of caring or a lack of you know you're like yeah not just not a lack of caring about Auburn football. I just I truly think not all believe me not all, but I feel like a lot of Auburn fans are okay with it because they understand that it it's not going to be phenomenal this year. And Freeze talked about this today in his press conference where you know Auburn fans, are some are expecting a ton of wins, but what they are to expect is this team to get better. And I think that's what Auburn fans are looking for, and that's not what you saw on Saturday. Right. I agree. And, and it's not the caring, again. It's just the embarrassment. You that's know? right. Just, again, we had three games on, and we had the Clemson um, – Florida State game, and you know the quarterback would throw a bomb, and the receiver would put his arms out and catch it. You know, it's a crazy, guy, it's a crazy thought, right? It's a crazy, crazy idea. I, I know it's just like you know fourth and three of Auburn, and they don't you know make it a yard. It's just like again, it's just heartbreaking. And again, we're all part of it. it we'll get over it. I think I, I told you we're gonna we're gonna probably lose against Texas A&M. We're gonna stink for a little bit. Someone's gonna come in here, maybe Georgia, and sleep on us thinking we're a cakewalk, and we're, we're going to take a game we shouldn't win. So uh, that'll be fun, but um, we'll be along um, each other's side along the way, buddy. War Eagle. Yeah, appreciate the call, Andy. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our final break in hour number one. We've had so many calls, and I absolutely love it. Would love to get you on the show as well. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. We'll wrap up hour number one on the other side. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. It's been crazy around here. So many different phone calls and we appreciate you all calling in and we apologize for uh, a little bit of our phone issues. Hopefully we got those worked out. We'd love to hear from you as the show goes on. 334 334- 321-1390. Got a couple of minutes. Um, I want to address what people have been talking to us about. Just so many different uh, storylines and conversations from uh, the Auburn and Texas A&M game. But uh, my wonderful intern and show producer, Michaela, you got a question. What's up? What's on your mind? So we've spent a lot of this hour talking about the quarterback performance. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously we saw how well Hugh Freeze was able to develop Malik Willis up at Liberty in his time there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, who do you think he has the best chance to develop out of our three options currently, or will we just have to wait it out to see when Walker White comes here next year? It's, it's an interesting question because when you look at developing a quarterback, and that's sort of what some of our callers have talked about today is maybe getting Robbie back in there. I know Spectre brought that up to start the show. Um, getting Robbie in there to get him those reps and develop him. And Hugh Freeze talked about today in his press conference where he brought up Holden Gurner and said he just needs reps. He, he, he looks good. He's got a good ball, um, but he just needs reps. And so if you talk about just developing a quarterback, I think we can all agree that Robbie has the highest ceiling. Uh, we talked about that 
in the in the preseason to just about the different quarterbacks. I think Robbie has the best ceiling, um, has the most potential, most athleticism for sure. Um, but longevity wise, I think you'd have to say hold it just because of his young age. Um, because you hope he sticks around. I hope he doesn't go anywhere. Um, but you also have Walker White coming in, and so you could see him develop. And I think Auburn fans are really excited for him to get on campus as well. And so um, to to answer your question, I would say. I guess Holden or even Walker White coming in because with Robbie, I just don't know how much, how many more reps he's going to get. Now, if Peyton Thorne keeps playing like he's playing, Robbie's going to be your guy and you could see him really take off. Maybe he develops as a passer, but I just don't know how much you're going to develop Peyton Thorne. Like Peyton Thorne kind of is what he is. I think him getting more comfortable and getting help around him with offensive line play wide receiver play we haven't even touched that yet today um i think those things and play calling will help him and i think he will play better but i don't think you're going to see peyton thorne develop and get better if that makes sense um because he's a four-year guy like he's kind of who he is um but i'm not saying he can't play better auburn fans so don't take that the wrong way and say what you saw on saturday is what you have in peyton thorne i don't agree with that but yeah, I think from a development standpoint, I would say, yeah, I'd say Holden or even Walker White coming in next year. So we'll see. Um, I think there's, it's a big question mark right now in the quarterback room for Auburn. And, and look, Doug had a great question on his show today. They were pondering uh, on the Max Roundtable talking about uh, the, the quarterback situation in Auburn and Alabama. Maybe it was a caller or they had the question, whoever it was, they were talking about, is this the worst combination of quarterback play between Auburn and Alabama when's the last time you saw it this bad and that's a great point I mean when's the last time truthfully you saw both schools have this big of a quarterback problem because Alabama won over the weekend sure and they beat Ole Miss sure but Jalen Milrow looked okay didn't look great by any means there's still a question mark there and Auburn 1,000% has a question at the quarterback spot. So that was a really good question that they pondered. Michaela, appreciate the question. I I like that a lot with quarterbacks. Auburn's got to find somebody. And you also have to develop for the future because Peyton Thorne's not going to be here forever. Robbie Ashford's not going to be here forever. And if you don't use Holden Gurner the right way, he's going to leave because that's how the transfer portal works. So Auburn's got some things to figure out. There's no doubt about it. When we come back in hour number two, we'll continue talking Auburn and Texas A&M, talking some of the biggest results in college football as well. And of course, getting your thoughts on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Give me a call. Hour number two coming up. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well here in the Auburn Opelika area as we get underway in our number two here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. If you missed any of our number one, very, very busy. Um, lots and lots of great phone calls in that first hour. Um, so be sure you go back and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast i mean i think we had five or six phone calls in that first hour it was just one after the other after the other and i absolutely loved it i loved hearing from you uh, it's typically what happens on a monday after game day for albert football um and so if you missed any of it be sure to go and catch up with the podcast commercial free right after the show today espnau.com or wherever you get your podcast um phone lines are still open here in hour number two uh if you have thoughts if you're just now tuning in uh what are your thoughts and opinions on auburn versus texas a&m i had some good calls about the other games in college football what'd you think about the weekend as a whole um some really good games Uh, you had ohio state notre dame uh you had florida state clemson LSU Arkansas I think a lot of people slept on that game because they had Ohio State Notre Dame on but LSU Arkansas was a better football game I think it was a really good game high scoring um, lots of going on in that one so uh, what are your thoughts on that Um, and of course Auburn and Texas A&M so give us a call love to hear from you 334-321-1390 coming up at the bottom of the hour Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us get his thoughts on Auburn football Auburn athletics Um, volleyball had a big weekend I know soccer uh, is off and rolling as well. And as we get closer and closer to basketball season, I know it's kind of crazy, but we are getting close to basketball season. So we'll talk to Jacob Hillman about all things Auburn athletics coming up in our number two and, and coming up at about 2.30 uh, here today. But again, let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. Kyle from Kentucky, man. How are you? Hey Jacob, uh, good to hear from you again, man. Yeah, yeah, great Today. to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's I, I right. Yeah, I told you I was going to call, so I got to do my, I got to do my justice. That's right, man. Hey, uh, man of your I'll, word, man. That's right, that's right. Uh, well, I got a minute. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be pretty quick and to the point. Okay. So I think uh, so. My evaluation of Saturday, number one, I shouldn't have opened Twitter um, for the game. Yeah. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. I've made a promise. I told Doug today. On the show earlier, uh, I'm just going to make a promise to just not look at that because, uh, you know, with the quarterback situation, it's kind of hard to gauge for me as a fan, as an Auburn fan, because Peyton was running for his life 80% of the time or or the pocket would collapse and he's just falling on the ground. So as far as gauging, um, uh, for me, uh, Peyton versus Robbie. uh, Now, I will say this, with with – that happening, I, I think Robbie poses a more of a weapon or has more weapons there. If the pocket's collapsing, you know he can flush it a little sooner than mm-hmm. than Peyton just you know falling to the ground. And as you know, I mean there were a few opportunities there for Peyton, but I think he was just so rattled, Jacob, that uh, there there just wasn't a whole lot uh, of consistency that was going to happen if he couldn't find a flow and. It, so, I mean, really getting to the point of, uh, you know, upcoming with Georgia, 
Um, I think it's really going to boil down to, you know, we had the one big play with Asante with the scoop and score, but it's going to take one or two offensive breakthrough plays to beat Georgia, and then we're, defense is going to obviously have to step up. So, uh, because there's no indication that they're going to they're going to win this game by. I don't have. It's hard to indicate, but they're going to score more than you know fourteen or twenty-one points. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're going to have to have that happen because that they're not going to beat Georgia um, with, with one score. So, no. and I think that's just kind of where I think it's kind of where it's at. So I I don't know. Um, I, I think this team can improve a little, but it kind of is what it is right now. And I I, I know that um, I know like you said earlier, Peyton's not going to grow much more. But I think. Uh, I think if we can get some gritty wins this year, and I think it, there's still plenty left on the table to get seven or eight wins. I think nine's a little bit of a reach, and I know you mentioned that last week. But you know, if they get some grind out wins, and we, you know, maybe get a couple more breakthrough plays in these games, it, it could we could finish uh, with, with a decent record here. You know, with Hugh Freeze's first year. So yeah, that's all I got, Jacob. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate the call, Kyle. Great to hear from you. Uh, three three four. Three two one thirteen nine. We've had calls from Kentucky and Hawaii today. How about that? We've got, we're we're reaching all fifty states at some point here today on the Monday edition of On the Line, and we'd love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And as we get into this second hour, I want to start giving you my full thoughts and breakdown on this game. I've been reacting and responding to a lot of our callers, but I want to really start getting into what I saw and what I think about all of this. And I think Kyle brought up some really good points. Um, the big question, uh, the big, the, the glowing um, negative coming out of this game was the quarterback play. And there's no doubt that there are plenty of people with plenty of reason that are calling for Peyton Thorne to be replaced already. They're calling for Robbie Ashford to be in. They're calling for Robbie Ashford to be the guy. And I think there is evidence to support why that's a good idea. But I also think there's evidence to support why you should stick with Peyton Thorne. And again, we're going to get into that today, tomorrow, and as we look closer to Georgia. But to Kyle's point, you're absolutely right. Auburn better score some offensive touchdowns this weekend if you want to beat Georgia or even have a chance to think about beating Georgia. The defense isn't going to score you a bunch of points this weekend. And they're not definitely not going to score you enough to win the game. Believe it or not, the offense has to score for you to win. Crazy thought, but the offense has to be able to score. And when you look at this game, okay, we're just going to start and work our way through. I have on my, on my laptop right now, I have about 20 to 25 bullet points that I want to get through. We're not going to get through them all today, but we're going to try. And if we don't, that's what the rest of the week is for. Just starting with the game itself, we talked last week. This is your SEC opener, right? This was the first game of four in a row that are extremely tough. This was the first game of four in a row where you are going to be out-talented. You are going to be playing teams that have out-recruited you in the past few seasons. And you are about to play four games in a row that you very easily could lose all four. And I talked about how I thought this game on Saturday versus Texas A&M was Auburn's best chance to win one of their next four. And I still believe that. I think Ole Miss got a little bit easier based off of their performance against Alabama. And credit to the Crimson Tide as much as you don't want to give it to them. They didn't look great, but they found a way to do it. 
And they found a way to win. Which, what have I told you all season long? That means something. Alabama played terrible. But they were at home and they found a a way to beat Ole Miss. So credit to them. But Auburn in this game, it was a game you had a chance to win. You had chances to win so many times. And yet the offense let us down. The offense let Auburn down. And how many times, Auburn fans, have we said that exact statement on a Monday? How many times have people on radio stations and TV stations and on articles by the water cooler in the car, how many times in the last 10 years have you had that exact conversation on a Monday? It's like, man, Auburn had some chances to win that game, but the offense just let us down. And that's what happened. It's what happened between the offensive line being bullied for four quarters, bullied for four quarters, Peyton Thorne at the quarterback spot looking rattled, being flustered, inaccurate, making bad decisions. Between the receivers not getting open, not running the right routes, and dropping footballs, you ran the ball pretty well. You ran the ball really well, realistically. But I said this, I think you could have ran it even better than what you did. I think you should have ran it even more than what you did if you're Auburn. And coming out of the game against Sanford where you threw it, what, 36, 37 times? And we talked about needing a balance on offense against Texas A&M. Auburn, throwing the football, they threw it 23 times. Seven of those were holding Garner when the game was over. So between Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, you threw the ball... 16 times and you ran the ball 41 times that's not balance but here's the thing I think Auburn should have ran it even more because that's what was working it was very apparent early on in this football game that Auburn throwing the ball was not an option the offensive line could not do anything there was no pass protection whatsoever and I'll say this about the, about the offensive line versus Texas A&M's defensive line. When it comes to the difference in talent, and Hugh Freeze mentioned it last week in his press conference, that Auburn was going up against teams that are top five recruiting in the country and that they were going to be playing teams more talented than them. And I tried not to use that excuse this weekend. I tried not to look into that super, super much and tried to say that it didn't, fully matter it does matter but here's the problem it mattered a lot more than I thought it did and here's where that came into fruition here's where that was noticeable the most was Auburn's offensive line versus Texas A&M's defensive line that's where you could see the difference in talent level that's where you could see that Texas A&M was playing with four and five stars And Auburn was playing with three stars and transfer portal guys. And guess what, folks? The SEC is won and lost in the trenches. And Auburn got blasted in the trenches on Saturday. Auburn's offensive line could not hold. They couldn't. Which led to Peyton Thorne getting sacked time and time and time again. 
and Peyton Thorne being rattled and borderline worried and scared for his life. Because every time he got the football, there were Texas A&M maroon helmets and jerseys in his face immediately. And we'll talk about as we go, Peyton Thorne holding on to the ball too long and missing throws because he did both of those things. But when you get sacked as many times as he did, what would the final number be, like seven? When you get sacked that many times, eventually that gets into your head. And eventually you start getting a little worried about where the defense is and who's going to be hitting you next. And so it's all, it all started up front. And that was the biggest noticeable difference in talent level was A&M's defensive line versus Auburn's offensive line. And that's what happened. We're still looking for receivers. Jay Fair, who's supposed to be the best receiver on the team, touched the ball once, and it was late in the football game. They aren't making a big enough impact. And again, there's so much to dive into this more on the offensive side let's get to an early break because when we come back we've got mark on the phone want to get him plenty of time to talk hold on we'll get to you. you'll be first up we'll love to hear from you as well 334-321-1390 the monday edition of on the line continues after this you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app Let's get back to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Mark, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break, man. What's up? Not a problem. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. What's on your mind? Hey, you were talking about the balance. So, uh, And I think you said they ran it 41 uh, 41 and threw 23. Uh, Yeah, something like that. Okay, so if you take the seven sacks away from the run, and add them to the passes, that would be 30, and it would be 34, which is almost a 50-50 balance. But with us, we're going to have to do something to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker because they're not going to – Texas A&M is not going to be the only team that we're outmatched up front. Oh, yeah, it's going to be like that for the next three weeks. And as bad as I hate to say it, you know, a bubble screen, a quick slant, or either we're going to have to put a tight end – with a running back in the backfield to help block. You know, I hate to say that, but uh, – and with Thorne, you know, I like Peyton Thorne, but he has not shown the ability to – and I'm not – I hate to put it down, but think quickly or make the right decision. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, and I'm not criticizing – I mean, I hate to say it, but I haven't seen anything other than against Stanford that would tell me otherwise. So – you know, I would just say let's live and die with Robbie. At least maybe he can make a run. Uh, and with you, we need to we need to run the ball. Yeah, there's there's What's no the doubt thing? about run it. the dang ball. That I, the amount of times I said that on Saturday, Mark, is unbelievable. I said, and maybe <laughs> "dang" wasn't the word I used, but I said, "run the ball." <laughs> like That's there right. is That's there right. is especially on Saturday where it was it was like it was a given. You could see it. Everybody in the world could see it that Auburn throwing the ball just was not an option like it it just was not going to work between the receivers the offensive line Peyton Thorne whatever you want to blame it on 
it was not going to work. But what was working was running the football. And I was talking about balance, but man, on Saturday, and I said this, Auburn should have ran it even more times than they did because that's what was working. And Auburn moved the ball the most when Robbie Ashford was in and he was running the ball or handing it off and had that different option. I said, put Robbie Ashford in, go back to 2013, Nick Marshall, and run the triple option, and A&M would not have been able to stop it. No. And what were we averaging? Eight yards a carry? I mean, at the time, yeah. I mean, for the game, Auburn averaged like three and a half yards per carry. Right. But if you take the sacks out of that, right, it would right. be much better. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's no telling how many of uh, – I don't know the number of how many they weren't sacks where the quarterback actually gained a yard or two. But, you know, they just can't run for their lives. So at some point we're either going to have to get the ball out of their hands quicker or just depend on running because I think our offensive line is better at blocking for a run than they are for a pass. Oh, 100%, and they've proven that already. I mean, they've definitely yeah. proven that. And to your point – about the quarterback and getting the ball out of their hands, I think you have to you have to limit their reads, right? This is not this is not an NFL quarterback. This is not an NFL offense. You need one or two one or two reads and then go. Like if your if go. your first read isn't there, have a dump off opportunity. If it's not there, take off. I mean that's that has to be it. You have to limit it and make it easy and then grow it from there. Absolutely. And a few weeks ago, after the, I mean, before the Cal game, I called you and told you to check their message board out. Yeah. Well, just, just for giggles, I looked at it this week, and they're still obsessed with Auburn. So if there's anything good in this world, at least we've got somebody thinking about us. That's right. Well, hey, they, they got bigger problems, man. <laughs> they had to deal with the, the Heisman favorite in Washington who jumped on them about as quick as you could be on Saturday. Yeah, 45 to what, 7? Oh, it was, it, was, it was bad, man. It was bad. All right. Well, you have a great afternoon. Enjoy the show. Appreciate it, Mark. I appreciate you calling in and the kind words as well. 334-321-1390. Always love hearing from you. And would love to get any more thoughts from my wonderful listeners. Got a few more minutes before uh, we get to another break and have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network join us at 3.30. Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, the quarterback, whether it be Peyton Thorne, whether it be Robbie Ashford, whether it be Holden Gurner, if that's the route they decide to go, I don't know. But regardless, you've got to simplify the game. Simplify it. Because the offensive line, as as improved as they are compared to what it was last year, it looked pretty similar on Saturday, did it not? I mean, it looked pretty similar. Because Auburn was able to bring in some guys, and credit Hugh Freeze and the staff for doing this. They brought in some talent, but it's not where it needs to be. And I think we can all agree with that. And I think if Hugh Freeze was allowed to say that, he would. And you could see the difference in talent on Auburn's offensive line going up against five-star defensive ends from Texas A&M. You could see it. It was visible. And the seven sacks proved that. And Peyton Thorne having two seconds to make a decision and getting sacked and eventually just crumbling to the ground because he had nothing else to do, that's where that shows up. And so moving forward, you have to make it an easy game. You have one read, one go-to receiver. Hopefully he runs the right route and hopefully he catches the ball when you throw it to him. Because if you forget, when Robbie Ashford was in the game, 
he had a touchdown pass that would have brought Auburn truly back into the football game. But it was dropped by Shane Hooks. Wasn't a great throw. And credit to Shane Hooks for getting and adjusting and making it over to the football. But it hit him in the numbers and it bounced off his shoulder pads. And it was a drop touchdown pass. So I think the quarterbacks, I think, Mark, you're exactly right. One read, if it's not there, you have a dump-off opportunity, a dump-off option. If that's not there, go. Take off. Or, this crazy idea, throw it away. Throw the ball out of bounds. But quit taking sacks. Quit taking sacks that take you out of field goal range. Auburn did that numerous times on Saturday. Numerous times. And to get back to the offensive line, if you just want to stay on the offense, because that's where all the lowlights were, holding penalties killed this team on Saturday. Penalties in general killed this team on Saturday. I asked Hugh Freeze a question today to start off the press conference. I said, Hugh, going on the road, the two things you can't do as a football team are turn the ball over and rack up a bunch of penalties. I said, you got to be happy with your turnover numbers. It was zero, not a zip, none. But you had 10 penalties. And I asked him how he addressed that and how they do that moving forward. And he gave a pretty good answer. But you didn't turn the ball over at all. And yet you still lost by 17 points. Your offense didn't give them the football. But by getting those holding penalties and going three and out, you may as well have done that anyway. That's what killed Auburn on Saturday offensively. And there's so many different things to go into. And again, I have a whole list that'll take me a few days to get through, but we're going to do it here on the show. I've left Monday open for you, the listener. We've had, uh, I mean, 15 different calls, I think it seems like. And that's what I want on Mondays because I know you guys have thoughts and opinions. And we're all in the same boat of, Man, what Saturday could have been, right? What Saturday could have been, Auburn had chances to win that football game. And now it's hard not to go ahead and look forward to the number one team in the country, Georgia, coming to town this Saturday. And the question becomes, what's going to change? How does it get better? Does Auburn have a chance, a prayer this weekend? I mean, those are legitimate questions that we'll have to ponder throughout the week. But you had offensive line struggles, holding penalties on that offensive line. The receivers made little to no impact on Saturday. You had nine total receptions. Nine. Nine total receptions. Four from official wide receivers. Let me say that again. Out of all your receivers, out of all the throwing plays, out of all the offensive plays on Saturday, you had... Two wide receivers catch passes. Shane Hooks had three, and Jay Fair had one. Fairweather had three. He's a tight end. And Brian Battee had two. Who's a running back? That can't happen. That cannot happen. I know Auburn didn't throw the ball really well, and I know it was a struggle. But you have to get receivers touches, and receivers have to get open. And receivers have to catch the ball when you throw it to them. And, I mean, you have to, you just, the receivers have to help you out a little bit. 
Not getting open and dropping passes is not an option. Thorne looked rattled. Had no time to throw. Held on to the ball too long. Missed some open throws. Had a wide open touchdown down the sideline that he missed early on. And didn't just miss it. He sailed it. Inaccurate throws from your quarterback can't happen either. So much more to dive into. And I'm curious on what Jacob Hillman has to say from the Auburn Sports Network when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He'll join us. We'll talk Auburn football and Auburn athletics as well here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Monday afternoon. And we're joined, as always, by Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. And Hillman, there is a lot going on in Auburn athletics. I know we're going to talk football, of course, from the game this weekend. Uh, but there's volleyball going on, soccer going on. I mean, it's just, it's just in full swing in the fall athletic season. Yeah, man, it is action-packed here on the Plains. As, as you know, you just mentioned, it. there's a lot going on uh, outside of Jordan Hare Stadium, inside Neville Arena at the Auburn Soccer Complex. And, and before we know it, in the next month or so, and I think today was the first official day of basketball practice. Yeah, how about that? It's crazy that that season's right around the corner, too. I know we have some media availability tomorrow, and yeah, they're starting practice, and I know women's basketball started practice as well. Johnny Harris met right. with the media today. I mean, it is it is in full, full-fledged now in, in Auburn athletic seasons. Yeah, no no doubt, and it, it's exciting to see uh, those programs get their preseason started, and you know we can start getting excited about those uh, as well. Well, I know Auburn fans don't want to wish away football season just yet. Some of them might. I don't know with how uh, the game went on Saturday. Hopefully not, though. There's still a lot of season left as Auburn went on the road to Texas A&M on Saturday for the SEC opener. Uh, second game of the or second road game of the season, and Auburn falls short with a uh, most would say a poor offensive performance, and the defense just kind of couldn't hold on any longer. Twenty-seven to ten, the final score. Texas A&M over Auburn Hillman your takeaways and breakdown from what you saw at Kyle Field on Saturday yeah like you said the, the, the offensive struggles were were the main takeaway and, and and that's that's something that uh you can really look at a lot of different aspects of the offense of what 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 can improve to to help things flow a little bit better because I I do also because as I as I will I'm going to take away the positives and see how can Auburn build on that Obviously, I think you had that drive in the second quarter where uh, Auburn was just moving the ball uh, by running it with Jarquez Hunter and and uh, and Brian Batie as, as well as Demari Olsen until he unfortunately went down with an injury. And now that means Jeremiah Cobb, I think, will likely have to get uh, more and more carries as the season goes on uh, without Alston. So I, I think when you look at that aspect of it, you need to find the ways. The things that you could be successful at are what you have to build off of. Now, Now, obviously, right now, uh, when you only have, what, 44 yards passing from your starting quarterback, 
that's not going to get it done in the SEC in any game. It doesn't matter who you play. Uh, so that that's also something that just needs to be uh, changed. And obviously, uh, the leading receiver was Brian Batie out of the backfield. And I think, again, leaning on those running backs and finding ways to get your quarterback comfortable, especially on the road, that, that that's the main takeaway for me. Is that he, It just felt like Auburn was never comfortable. Uh, especially Peyton Thorne in that first half against Texas A&M, and, and just never, never got there. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of conversation here on a Monday about the performance of starting quarterback Peyton Thorne, who went just six for twelve with forty-four yards, as you mentioned. Um, no turnovers, which I think you were looking for. Some of the positives. That's mm-hmm. something that I think Auburn fans uh, should look at. That Auburn went on the road and didn't turn the ball over, but. Lots of conversation about Peyton Thorne, uh, the offensive line that really struggled against an extremely talented Texas A&M defensive front, and then the lack of catches for wide receivers. I mentioned this before we got you on the phone. Four total catches for Auburn wide receivers. I mean, those things have to change, Jacob Hillman, before Auburn can expect to compete in this conference. Right, and, and, it, and it's not a case of a lot of these receivers not getting open. I, I think that they did a good job at times of – uh, finding the open space uh, and, and beating a man that's, that, that's being a man-to-man. I mean, Jay Fair had a touchdown that uh, Peyton Thorne obviously just missed, and that was in the first half, and, and things didn't get better from there. So, yeah, I think that this offense is really uh, trying, still trying to find its way of what is the strengths and what are the weaknesses. And uh, I, like I said, I think that the strengths are uh, leaning on the running game a little bit, but, again, you mentioned – uh, the talented defensive line that Auburn went against, and, and it and it had its way at times uh, with the Auburn offensive line, and and, and that's going to happen going forward as well. You got Georgia this week, Alabama at the end of the year, and then in between that, LSU is a talented team as well, and obviously every other team in the SEC is talented. So now that you're facing those kinds of fronts, it's it it, it makes it more difficult. Uh, as I said, I I just feel like when this offense isn't able to get uh, comfortable quickly. That's that felt like that was the issue because you go back to the Cal game and you turn the ball over on the second or third play of the game, and that kind of derails a lot of the uh, the scripting or, or the game plan that you have early on, and, and you're never able to get comfortable. So I, I think that's going to be most important coming out this Saturday is just finding a way for the offense to get a group going uh, on that first drive. Yeah, the Auburn offense scoring just three points on a field goal. Of course, the touchdown, the lone touchdown for Auburn came on the defensive side of the football, where Eugene Asante uh, continues to be that dude on the side of the on that yeah. side of the football. What do you see from that Auburn defense? I know uh, they the scoreboard says twenty seven points, but uh, two of those touchdowns, as Hugh Freeze uh, mentioned today, were with trip. I mean, with uh, like third team guys out on defense due to injury and just exhaustion right. in that football game. And of course, Eugene getting the touchdown on the scoop and score. But what did you see overall from Auburn's defense on Saturday? I, I saw some guys that that really stood out, especially some guys that uh, one you had Eugene Asante, who we 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 talked about, we've raved about, uh, leading the team in tackles, making that big fumble recovery for a touchdown, uh, almost running over Jimbo Fisher in the process of that. Yeah, what was um, what was he doing out there, man? I I, I don't know. I don't know that it. it, it Hard to explain. I don't. I don't know how there's not a flag thrown. I wish. Happens, I wish Eugene Asante would have hit him with the Heisman pose and stuck his right hey, arm out there and put him into the earth. But that's just me. I, I can't say I wouldn't have laughed at that. But anyway, <laughs> outside of that, I think a lot of guys really stepped up and maybe some guys that 
haven't uh, their names haven't been called as much so far this year. Jalen McLeod, uh, I think Caleb Wooden, he had a big sack. And then you go back to the guys that have been impressive. I, I thought Kay and Lee, he forced the fumble. He had a pass breakup. He's continuing to improve uh, as a freshman. So, you know, you've got guys still uh, kind of showing up when they haven't yet this year. So I think that's a positive that you're going to have a ton of different guys on this defensive side of the ball that uh, can play. Now, the issue is those injuries. And, and, yes. and it's really, really, really difficult uh, to be consistent on defense when you're having to rotate guys in and out because of injuries. And, and like Coach Free said, the secondary is just really, really depleted at this point. And, that, and, I, and I, I think that that's your, mo- that's your most experienced, your, your deepest group. But when injuries bite you the way they have, it's, it, it's difficult uh, to be successful. Yeah, and it, it sucks too because the, that secondary defensive backs room is so, so talented. That's the one that we've talked about all offseason long that Auburn was looking forward to and really going to rely on. Uh, but then you, you're just so banged up back there and Auburn's got to find a way uh, to overcome that. And, and Freeze has talked about it. You're going to have some young guys out there that are going to have to get baptized early in the SEC. We're talking with yep. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us every Monday here during On the Line on ESPN. At 106.7. Looking forward, um, I know it's Monday. It is early. Still a lot of reactions from the Texas A&M game, but it is Georgia week. The Deep South's oldest rivalry back in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, Auburn opens up as a two-touchdown underdog at home. It is 2:30 on CBS. It'll be the pro- you know the the big game in the middle of the afternoon. What is it about Georgia this season in particular that maybe you're impressed with, or maybe you think could make them gettable on Saturday? Well, looking or, uh, looking back at our our last uh, last few comments about how Auburn needs to get off to a fast start, I feel like Georgia's kind of struggled to get off to some fast starts. Where you know the offense for them uh, has just taken some time to get into a flow of things. So you know that that's part of what you can look at as to give you hope for this Saturday is uh, a chance to start fast and really get the crowd into the game. Because hey, regardless of what happened this past Saturday. It's still going to be a rocking 88,043 uh, in attendance uh, for the game Saturday. And I just think that, uh, again, just getting off to a, a, a decent start. You, you don't have to go up 14 nothing or anything like that. That would obviously help a lot and go a long way. But I, I think just getting the offense in a flow of things before you're down 14 to nothing or, or down a couple scores, that's, that, that, that's got to be the main goal. And, and having and, and, and showing showing the other team that you do you are a threatening you're you're a threat on offense. It's mm-hmm. not that they can just go out there and 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 and, and just sleepwalk on defense and they're going to get the ball back on offense. So I, I think that's seriously the most important thing is getting off to a decent start uh, where the offense uh, j- just shows something. It doesn't matter if they score a touchdown on the first drive, but getting in field goal range or or having a big play on that first drive is, is so, so important. But then after that, yeah, you, you need to get the scoring started pretty pretty quickly. The question that everybody is going to be asking and giving their their perspective on this week, Jacob, is who should start at quarterback this Saturday for Auburn? Should it remain to be Peyton Thorne and stick with him and hopefully he gets a little bit more comfortable and maybe some support from the offensive line and receivers around him? Or do you take that chance and go back to Robbie Ashford, who on Saturday against Texas A&M seemed to have moved the ball fairly easily on the ground? So what is, what's your take on that question and who should start on Saturday? 
It, it, it really, really is interesting because of what Coach Free said uh, in his availability, maybe availability today about how well Peyton Thorne has practiced. And that yeah, last week was probably his best week of practice. And then you get into that road environment and things will happen. I, you know, I, I'm still not convinced that it, it's a home and away thing. I, I wonder if maybe going on the road has is, is just been really tough uh, for Peyton and, and the rest of this offense. And, and maybe you're being a little bit more comfortable at home uh, and can go a long way. Now, with that being said, I think the leash is probably going to be a bit shorter this week. I, I don't know how, how far into the game you're going to get before uh, if, if Thorne is the struggle. I, I do think ultimately Thorne will end up being the starting quarterback on Saturday. But like I said, I, I think that leash is, is going to be quite a bit shorter. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on ESPN 106.7. Outside of football, I want to get you uh, to update our listeners on everything else going on in Auburn Athletics. We alluded to volleyball, who had a massive weekend uh, on Friday and on Sunday. Soccer is off and running as well, and then basketball right around the corner. What can you tell our listeners about everything else going on in Auburn Athletics? Yeah, yeah. starting with soccer, they uh, they had a really, really impressive win over uh, a, a very, very good Missouri team on Thursday night at the Auburn Soccer Complex came out firing, scoring two goals in the first 30 minutes. Missouri tied it back up, but then Sydney Richards, uh, she's recorded her second goal of the game to win that one, and then they tied uh, at Ole Miss on Sunday. So soccer is it, it, getting off to a decent start in SEC play. It, it, it's so, so important uh, to do that, especially when uh, you have teams like South Carolina, who's seventh in the nation, uh, coming in on Friday. So uh, you're going to have a full week of Auburn Athletics. Go to the Auburn Soccer Complex Friday at 6.30 Central. It's alumni weekend, a top 10 South Carolina team. Uh, it, it'll be a fun atmosphere there. And then as far as volleyball goes, yeah, that team is for real. Uh, still number 24th, uh, still ranked 24th in the nation, but gave number three Florida everything it had. It, it was a few points and a wild, wild second set away from sweeping the third-ranked Gators on Friday night. Uh, I really looked at that second set, and I think Auburn just lost his composure a little bit, and and, and things got away from them a little bit. Uh, they had a big lead, and then Florida was able to, to come back and win it. So uh, ultimately, Auburn lost in five sets that that match, but then came back Sunday, lost the first set to Ole Miss, but then just kind of dominated the rest of the way, and, and then didn't let Ole Miss win another set. So. I think that this this volleyball team really has a good chance to compete uh, in the SEC, and then they'll be facing Georgia on Sunday in Neville Arena at noon Central. Yeah, that uh, that Auburn volleyball team just uber talented. Um, I've talked right. with head coach Brent Crouch multiple times on the program and looking to get him back on uh, very, very soon. But yeah, that match on Friday against Florida, man, it just seemed they had multiple opportunities to take yeah. down that program. But it showed how good Florida is and really the difference of where the programs are right now. But you could see the mm-hmm. improvements already that Auburn has made uh, in Auburn volleyball and that they could get there very, very soon in a really nice way to bounce back on Sunday versus well, Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and one other thing, that it was the third largest crowd in Neville Arena history for an Auburn volleyball match. Wow. It was electric in there. It, it was a great night of volleyball. It, it was awesome to watch. Auburn was missing uh, Kendall Kemp, 6'6", middle blocker. That 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 certainly uh, hurt the Tigers a little bit. So, listen, th- th- this team has what it takes. It's got depth. It's got talent. It, it's really moving in the right direction, and it's got buy-in as well. 
I don't know where Florida goes to find the girls that play on their volleyball team, but they are the tallest <laughs> yeah. girls I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they are massive and so athletic. And you, again, you can tell why they're one of the best programs in the country. Well, and those swings that they have, I mean, from their from their pin hitters, those outside hitters, they, it is so, so impressive. And it, it's, it, I would not want to be on the other side nope. of any of those attacks. Absolutely not. I am just fine sitting here in the studio talking about it rather than being on the floor and trying to defend it. So Auburn volleyball vibes are high. Auburn soccer vibes are high as well. We mentioned basketball season right around the corner. Practice beginning today uh, and tomorrow for Auburn women's and men's basketball. So, so much going on in Auburn athletics. And we appreciate Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us every Monday here on the show. Hillman, let everybody know where they can find you. Keep up with everything you guys have going on this week week uh, and of course on saturday for auburn versus georgia yeah follow me on twitter at jacob hillman au and follow at au sports network we'll have tiger talk uh right here on wings 94.3 i guess not right here i, I got halfway there jacob there you go and you're, you're we'll, so close man you're so I'm close so close we'll be back live at Baumhauer's this week <laughs> uh thursday at six o'clock central uh so tune in for that preview in georgia uh and getting ready for that and then pre-game coverage uh with andy birch and brad law paul l and jason campbell will herring Everyone, the whole crew, uh, begins Saturday at 11.30 a.m. from the east side of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah, you can find that over on our sister station, Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Hillman, as always, brother, I appreciate you and your time. You guys are doing fantastic work, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks so much, Jacob. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Joins me every Monday at 3.30, getting you caught up on everything going on in Auburn athletics. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 106. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Big thanks to Jacob Hillman, as always, joining us on a Monday afternoon from the Auburn Sports Network. We appreciate him and his time. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly here as we wrap up the show. 334-321-1390. Dak, what's up, man? You got just a minute or two. Hey, Jacob, man. Good to hear from you. Dave. Yeah, good to hear from hey, you, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know everybody's disappointed, but I saw a lot more positives than I did negatives overall from Saturday. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I predicted the score on Thursday, 31 to 13. Well, uh, that was pretty close. Yeah, that was pretty close. Yeah, and, and I mean, guys, you know, we got a bunch of transfers in in the portal, but we won't get them from Ohio State and Notre Dame. I mean, <laughs> a lot of these transfers were Western Kentucky and, you know, from, you know, some from places that, yeah, we were glad to get them and we're, and we're better this year than we were last year, but man, we wouldn't get no five stars, you know? And, yeah, I think it's and, a great point. And, and the positives that I saw besides the defense playing their tail off mm-hmm. and the defensive coaches putting us in a opportunity to win that ball game. Yep. So that tells you right there, we got, good coaches, all right, and they know what they're doing. But offensively, they put us in situations that we had them beat and we didn't execute. Yep. I mean, we, you know, I can count four or five times where, you know, if it wasn't a touchdown, it would have been a big gainer. And, uh, look, we got an issue at quarterback. I don't think necessarily the issue is to start, you know, going down the line and throwing somebody else in there. We got to get this guy better, all right. If you don't, you might as well throw the young guy in there. 
in my opinion. Holden Gerner, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's yeah, I there's mean, been quite a few people that have been on that train so far, Dak. Right. You might as well give him the opportunity. And um, But I said last week that out of the next three games that Georgia was our best opportunity to win. I still believe that. Uh, I, I think – uh, if we don't turn the ball over. Now, you think about the last two years that we've played them. Mm-hmm. If we don't turn the ball over and we just we, – we've got to keep it to the foot close to the fourth quarter, that gives us a chance. We had it, our opportunity last year, and we did that stupid fake punt right before half. It changed everything. The year before that, it was a close ball game, and what did we do? Throw an interception. They go in and score right before half. If we can keep it close, we got a chance. Yep, and I think if it's close, I mean, you're in Jordan-Hare Stadium and you just never know when the lights come on over there. That's right, that's right. And, and you know, I'm okay with punting the football as long as we don't turn the ball over. Yep. Uh, you know, and give us an opportunity to win. And I just I just wish, man, look, if we play Texas A&M at, at home, that same team, we'll have a chance to win that ball game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, the – I just hate that we did not have the opportunity to play Georgia at night. I know. It would have been a different ball game. I know. Well, we'll have yeah. to see, man. Dak, we got to get out of here, brother. I appreciate yeah, the man. call, man. Great to hear from you. Tons of great callers today, and I hate to cut you off, Dak, but I got about 25 seconds before I get kicked out of here. So, appreciate the call, Dak. Appreciate all the callers and listeners today. I thank you so much. You are the reason I am here and do what I do. We've got so much more to talk about tomorrow between Auburn, Texas A&M, Auburn, Georgia, the rest of college football. Come back tomorrow, 2-4, to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll-